Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Research, a research podcast from the Institute of Education at Dublin City University, with me, your host, Dr. Peter Tiernan. Okay, I'm here this month with Dr. Tara Concanon Gibney from the School of Language, Literacy and Early Childhood Education. So thanks very much for joining me this month, Tara, for episode eight of Let's Talk Research. Um, I appreciate you giving up the time. I know it's a busy, busy week and we've been chatting beforehand. I know you've lots going on and this was shoved into the timetable and you kept it there. So I really appreciate that. Um, so maybe if we just begin by telling me a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Millen, um, for inviting me along. Um, yeah, I work in the School of Language Literacy and Early Childhood and I lecture in the area of literacy. Um, and I work a lot uh, with the BEDs and the PMEPs. Uh, we have core literacy modules across all four years of the BED okay. and also in PME. And I teach a specialism in um, literacy for um, pupils who have English as an additional language as well. Okay. Yeah. And um, before your life in DCU, was there uh, was there a run up to this, a lead up to, to, to starting in DCU? Well, you know, St. Pat's is my alma mater, so I was a B.Ed. here many okay. years ago, and then I came back here and even did my M.Ed. here as well, okay. um, and obviously was a primary school teacher for many years. So you have um, a long-term connection with the place? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did go to UCC for my PhD, just for a change okay. of scenery. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Uh, to see how they do, do things elsewhere. Yeah, like exactly. Um, and I did spend a few years teaching in New York as well. Well, well now that's, um, that's an interesting so, development. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting to see how they do it on the other side of the pond. Um, actually, a lot of similarities, um, right. and um, kind of surprisingly so, I suppose, as well. Okay. Uh, but it was a great experience, so I spent a few years there, and then I worked in Reno Ed- Institute of Education as well for a couple of years, and then came here, back okay, so again. That's so. a varied experience from, from <laughs> as you say, both sides of the pond. Yeah, and down the road. And, and yes, <laughs> both, sides of the, both sides of the pond and both sides of the uh, Collins Avenue. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, Okay, so what are you here to talk to us today about specifically? Um, well, I'm here to talk about um, a SCOTENS funded project that I was um, involved in. Um, I conducted it with uh, my colleague Geraldine McGuinness um, from St. Mary's um, in Belfast. Mm-hmm. And it looked at the exploration of the use of children's literature in early reading in the north and south of Ireland. Okay, very interesting. Um, yeah, and I suppose it's kind of a, an area of interest for both of us. I mean, my passion is just around making literacy learning engaging and inspiring mm-hmm. and interesting um, for all learners. Mm-hmm. Um, and Geraldine, I suppose, uh, that's, that's kind of her real area of interest as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what our, our project was about. We wanted to look at um, the curricula in both the North and South mm-hmm. of Ireland to see, you know, what was the, 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 the place and the prevalence and the, the presence of children's literature in curriculum documents um, and how maybe they might differ a little and, okay. and how they might have things in common as well. Um, so that was kind of the, the, the main bulk of the work. And then we also had a teacher education conference okay. um, kind of stemming from that mm-hmm. as well. So um, that's kind of, I suppose, what we were looking at. Um, I mean, our, the reason that we kind of embarked on this particular research in the first place was um, to do with a kind of a concern we had over uh, the use of children's literature in the classroom, that... Um, at the moment, I suppose, in the research literature, there's a lot of talk about the science of reading and simple view of reading. And essentially what the simple view of reading is, it's that it's, um, I suppose, essentially a, a simple quantifiable rep- representation of the complex act of reading. It's right. an equation. Okay. Decoding multiplied by language comprehension equals 
reading comprehension. Okay. Um, and at the moment, there's a lot of backlash in the States, which is where we get a lot of our research from, um, around um, classrooms that were doing a lot of the language comprehension piece, mm -hmm. but not a lot of the decoding. And at the moment, there's a big push on the decoding agenda over in the States. In Ireland, we're kind of the opposite to some extent. We tend to do a lot of decoding in our classrooms, mm -hmm. but perhaps the, the language comprehension piece gets missed, okay. um, particularly in the early years. And certainly from years ago, even my own PhD research revealed this. So we were interested in looking at the, the language comprehension side of this. And for somebody who's maybe not in that literally literacy space, the difference between the decoding and the understanding? Language comprehension. La language comprehension. What would that be? So decoding is, you know, to do with, say, um, really word recognition is probably the okay. better term to okay. use. Um, it's a bit broader, but to do with things like phonics. Um, okay. So the idea is that you, you know, you, you do things like use your phonic knowledge to recognize words. And then that's multiplied by your language comprehension. So your ability to understand okay. and to comprehend, to, okay. to know vocabulary. Um, and so one is uh, the ability to, to say the words, let's say, or to, to sound them out, for yeah. want of a better way, and the other is to understand what those sounds mean when put together. Is that a... Exactly, yeah. Okay. And then that equals reading comprehension. Okay, interesting. And the simple view is, is it's designed to make reading, I suppose, a simplistic version mm. of it. I mean, there's a lot to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's very complex yeah. as an act. But I suppose the, the message is, is that you need both sides of that equation to create uh, an efficient reader. Yeah. And... What has tend to happen now, um, say for example in the States, is that they're really pushing that word recognition side. Mm. Um, and you know, that's that's problematic because children need both sides of the equation. Okay. So they're kind of, I suppose, maybe reading research has been taken, certain parts of it have been taken and kind of been pushed by the media and okay. whatnot to, to kind of emphasize the need for the decoding. But we need both. Okay. Okay. Um, and we just felt that that language comprehension side, it, it needed um, more recognition. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, we wanted to kind of investigate to what extent is that encouraged in the curriculum documents, particularly to the use of something like children's literature, which has a lot of um, motivation and engagement mm -hmm. attached to it. Mm -hmm. You know, that is, I suppose, that's where the joy of reading comes mm -hmm. from, is, is using something like a really good book yeah. to teach reading. That's what's going to inspire yeah, your learners. Yeah, yeah. So... I suppose if if we're only thinking about the language, the word recognition side of things, and we're using maybe things like a lot of skill and drill, a lot of flashcards, a lot of workbooks, that sort of stuff, we're we're, we're missing out on the joy of reading. Yeah, yeah, the um, the, the story is missing from the exactly, yeah. and the context, that meaningful context, mm, mm. is so important for for learners to to kind of see the point of reading. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and to to feel like it's worth the effort because reading is actually not a natural act. It is it requires a lot of effort mm -hmm. on behalf of the child mm -hmm. to learn to read. Yeah. So they need to really be getting something out of it. They need yeah, to yeah. find it fun, engaging, interesting, um and, and meaningful. Mm -hmm. So I suppose that's kind of you know, that's where we kind of came at <laughs> I suppose that that was our interest in this particular uh, path in the, the research project. Um, it, it, it comes across so well that the the real motivation behind what you were doing, um, and the need to for a better representation um, in the literature or in, or in terms of in the in the curriculum maybe for for that comprehension side of things as opposed to just the phonics. And that's just my explanation of what you're talking about, rather than. Uh, 
Yeah, or even I suppose essentially that when children's literature is used, that that teachers are sometimes unsure of what to do with mm-hmm. it, how to mm-hmm. maximise it, how to use it in a way that makes it worth the time because mm-hmm. they're always worried about time pressures and having enough time for everything. Yeah. So how can it be used in a way that will will kind of really enhance children's learning um, and turn them into readers essentially, as opposed to something that's kind of put in the timetable mm-hmm. kind of whenever there's a few minutes okay. and not really sure how to, to harness it yeah, and, yeah. and use it in a way that's going to really make a difference for children. Um, so I suppose that's, that's where they're, that's, that, that's kind of, I suppose, where our motivation lay. Great. Um, that's great. Yeah. And so then the project itself, and that was with your colleague, Geraldine? Geraldine McGuinness. McGuinness yeah. from St. Mary's. St. Mary's in Belfast, yeah. So if there was, you know, um, some key points about what you found or what were the key takeaways from that um, Scotland's project, what would they be? Sure. Well, I mean, I suppose we started just by looking at, at things like national strategies um, um, and you know, in the South, it actually has a very positive outlook in terms of, um, you know, this. they, they mentioned the notion of getting lost in a book. Um, and so we felt that that was very positive. Whereas in the North of Ireland, the, the strategy is more to do with using text array standards. So it has a, a slightly different message, mm-hmm. um, I would say. Um, in the primary language curriculum in the South, um, certainly both sides of that equation the simple view you know both the word recognition and the language comprehension are emphasized in the document they do mention what we call constrained and unconstrained skills so a constrained skill is one like phonics that Mm -hmm. you master within a certain period of time so Mm -hmm. that would be your word recognition side and they also mention unconstrained skills such as comprehension Mm -hmm. which is your language uh, comprehension side um, which can um, develop Oh, kind of, you could be ninety three and still yeah, getting yeah, better yeah. comprehension. So the the primary language curriculum does does acknowledge both sides of simple view, and so does the the primary curriculum in the north. Uh, you know they mentioned phonics and comprehension as cornerstones in the literary repertoires of of early years teachers. Okay. Um, however, when we kind of dug down into it and looked at what you know reference to actual children's literature as a resource, which we would expect to find mm-hmm. in the curriculum. Um, it actually wasn't there. Um, and so that was kind of surprising. Um, with the primary language curriculum, they have used the term texts mm-hmm. because I suppose it is more holistic. It includes, you know, the digital, Braille, okay. all sorts of texts. But in using that term, they actually haven't mentioned the, the term children's literature, which yes. was yeah. surprising. And again, if it's not explicitly stated, we wonder what sort of messages mm-hmm. teachers might take from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when they mention genre... Uh, and we would expect to see things like fiction and poetry. They actually have have, have defined that as oral and written forms to recount, explain, entertain, inform, give information, narrate. Again, it's not a traditional kind of what teachers might expect. And so they may be reading this thinking, oh, you know, do I use... Where do I take this? Where do I go with this? Yeah, do I use children's literature? Um, I mean, now the, the primary curriculum in the North, which is hasn't been updated as recently, it's, it's from 2007... Um, it was a little bit more explicit. It mentioned traditional and digital texts and it mentioned the genres that were used to like fiction and poetry and okay. rhymes and, and traditional stories. So it was a little bit more explicit in the North, but it was just, uh, I suppose, unexpected to, to, to find that it, wa- it wasn't actually stated okay. in the primary language curriculum. Okay. Um, so that was surprising. I mean, when you kind of dig into it a little bit more, there are support materials that exist mm-hmm. um, online. For teachers that in relation to the to, to the primary language curriculum and they actually had great examples of, of 
children's literature and also the research papers that underpin the curriculum. But if a teacher was to take the document as it is, they may be under the impression that maybe children's literature isn't something to be emphasised. Yeah, yeah. Is what we kind of were, I suppose, were pondering after okay. having look at, looked at this. Um, so I suppose, in general, they, they encourage both aspects of that simple view mm-hmm, equation, mm-hmm. Um, but they're not really making explicit reference to children's literature as a key resource. Okay. Um, so I suppose that was concerning yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, you know, I suppose that kind of led us to the path then of, of having a teacher education conference where we would kind of showcase children's okay. literature as, um, you know, what can I do with, with children's mm-hmm. literature? How can it be a really useful resource in the classroom to maximise um, my teaching? Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, with COVID, I mean, it was, it was meant to happen... Um, uh, you know, ideally we, we had hoped for it to be in person and then we had to delay it, hoping that we would get it in person. But in the end, it, it was online, okay. as most things More, ended up yes, being. Yes. Um, but, you know, we had um, 120 teachers attended. We had Excellent. two great speakers, keynote speakers. We had Henrietta Dombey speaking around motivation and engagement. And we had Dr. Sharon Pratt from the States talking about teaching comprehension using um, children's literature. Um, and there were great speakers. And it was actually, I mean, I know I organised a conference, but it was the most wonderful conference in terms of just a feel-good factor. Yeah, yeah. The teachers who participated were so engaged and so excited to be there. It was it was really just lovely, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really made us realise that maybe there are not enough... Um, events like that avenues to explore i mean that's yeah. you know i wasn't there but what i what i'm what i'm envisioning is um you know you identified this problem and you saw that there was a, a, a let's say a gap in the curriculum and then there was this space where teachers could see what filling that gap might look like so what inspirational children's literature might look like and how to use that in the classroom just feels like a nice space for rather than just here's a problem you know here's a problem and here's some of the ways that you can address that that, that issue in your class yeah class. yeah and as I said the teachers were so engaged in it you know despite it being on zoom I mean the chat was a light mm-hmm. the, the, the comments we got were were just incredible there was just such great discussion um and, and kind of coming out of the the conference we asked the, the teachers to complete a, a short survey just to share a little bit about what they were currently doing in the classroom and how this conference might impact on their practice um, and what was really interesting was that in terms of their current practice, um, very, very, very few of them mentioned using children's literature to actively teach something like comprehension strategies mm-hmm. or vocabulary knowledge. That they had kind of used books, but they didn't really know what how, how to I suppose, how to harness them, how to use them. And, mm-hmm. and for them, they commented that this conference was really eye-opening, that they were realised how many things you can do with a book and how you can really use it to push your your practice forward um and many of them were just saying they're so inspired to reignite um children's literature in the classroom they'd kind of put it a put them on the dusty shelf because they felt that they had to spend time on on things like decoding and there wasn't time for those books and having been at the conference and realized what potential is in the books Mm, mm. that actually they really you know 
needed to crack those books back out and get new ones and, and really kind of bring it back into the classroom. It's almost like the, the technical piece and then the bit that inspires the imagination and they were kind of two separate at one stage? Or two yeah, separate? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I suppose, I, I mean, something like word recognition is so, um, it's very quantifiable. It's very mm-hmm. visible in terms of learning. And so it's very easy to fall into that trap you know, of, of being very, very focused on it. Um, whereas something like comprehension of vocabulary, because they're unconstrained skills, they develop over time and it's harder to kind of nail down that mm. progress. But mm. still, it's so important, mm. particularly mm. in the early years, because the tendency it tends to be that, you know, decoding is, is, is a big focus in the early years and, and, and vocabulary and comprehension and those sort of things are kind of left mm-hmm. to later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the reality then for children is that they've missed out on that sort of instruction. And then when they get to later, they don't have enough comprehension skills or they don't have enough vocabulary knowledge to actually access those more Mm. difficult texts. And so it becomes really problematic for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the teachers, as I said, they they really, they kind of mentioned how they kind of lost sight of the joy of reading. Um, Which was kind of sad, but inspirational at the same time. Um, and they also kind of recognised that they'd been maybe, when they did use children's literature, it was very superficial, that they they didn't know how to dig into it and really use it mm. to teach, the th- you know, things, like I said, comprehension, vocabulary, yeah, that children yeah. really need to, to, to become readers. So um, it, it was great from that point of view. And in terms of, so you've mentioned so much there, it's been really interesting to listen to you. Um, in terms of the, the report from the Scotland's Project and the, the teacher conference, Will there be, is there links to reports that we can put on for, uh, the podcast? Is that published yet? Um, it's been sent in. I don't think it's it's made its way to the website yet. Okay, okay. Um, I think there may be a little bit of time. I'm not sure when they, they do it, but it, okay, it, it is, it's in process. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Watch this space. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, I suppose what's next? Um, is there another avenue that you'd like to investigate? Is there a next step that you would like to do? I mean, it sounds like the conference was really impactful for the teachers. Is there something else in that space? Is there other areas you'd like to investigate? Other people you'd like to connect with around this area? Mm, Well, you know, I suppose really what this project kind of showed us was there's a huge hunger for this sort of professional development out there. um, And that that the teachers that certainly participated in the conference, they had a lot of uncertainty about how to use children's literature. Um, and, and they really they really wanted this professional development and, and they really were so thankful that it mm. that existed. So I suppose it really made us think, you know, how can we provide more professional development opportunities like that for the teaching community? So I think that's something we'd like to do more off a little bit more, maybe outreach mm-hmm. um, through education centres um, or, you know, in other avenues. Um, I think possibly if anybody listening to this would be interested in that collaboration to contact you. Um, there you go, yeah. Um, I also, I suppose, you know, because I work here in DCU, um, I'm quite mindful of our pre-service teachers as well. Um, and we obviously infuse children's literature in all of our modules. Um, but I felt like, you know, maybe we could, we could do more. So actually today, the event that we were, we were talking about earlier on, uh, we're having a little book tasting event for our PMEP students. So it's just a kind of a special showcasing kind of opportunity for students just to come along informally and just talk about children's mm-hmm. literature and its possibilities in the classroom. 
and has a, a lovely. Of, yeah, yeah it's a mm. special event and the idea is that you well I won't say you um you come to the book restaurant and you you fill your plate and <laughs> you um you know I suppose walk away with loads of ideas and inspiration mm. around mm. what books you could use out on placement or obviously our P and PMEPs uh, will very shortly be here in their own classrooms as well so they're very yeah, close yeah. to you know that kind of reality as well. Mm-hmm. So hopefully in the future we might be able to do more events like that for the students so that I suppose they leave here with that kind of knowing, um, I suppose, the joy of children's literature and, and hoping to go out and inspire their classrooms as well. Um, so that's kind of, I suppose, another possible avenue yeah, to kind yeah. of, uh, I suppose, share the joy. Um, and for me, I think like literacy has to be a joyful experience yeah, because yeah. that's how you be, that's how you develop readers. Um, and it's, it's using, you know inspirational resources to then knuckle down and teach all those mm-hmm. things that you need to teach they're um, engaged first they're exactly. engaged with the story they're engaged with the literature yeah exactly exactly so um that's something i think that's 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 uh, really important to me as a, as, as a i suppose as a lecturer here in, in in dcu but also as someone who has been a primary school teacher and mm-hmm. worked in schools for many years as well um and who knows maybe someday i'll be able to maybe create a book that's based on that my my previous book was about meaningful contexts mm-hmm. um, and it was very much focused in the early years but I'd love to do something that has um, across all ages of the primary school looking at the uses of children's literature to teach literacy um, in the classroom perhaps an edited book this time <laughs> <laughs> rather than a sole authored one exactly um, yes. but I think that would be a really useful resource um, for, for particularly Irish, Irish primary school teachers I think it's something that is, is much needed um, and would be very welcome and actually um, the tide, I won't say is turning in the US, but certainly having had a huge amount of media around the word recognition mm-hmm. side of that equation, um, now there's becoming a, a huge focus on the language comprehension mm-hmm. piece. So, so that, things are shifting. And- things are shifting that, because that kind of emphasis, I suppose, on you need both sides. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah, have yeah. one without the other. You know, reading comprehension is the ultimate goal of reading, and you're only going to get there if you've got both the word recognition and the language yeah, comprehension. Yeah. So there are a lot, there are some new publications coming out over in the US at the moment around, you know, I suppose, recognising both sides of that okay. equation. So I think that's a really positive um, thing as well, because we we get a lot of our information and, and, and research from... Um, from the US. The US, particularly yeah, yeah. for literacy. Okay, so it's yeah. good to see things shift in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So lots of um, future potential and future <laughs> avenues to investigate. So, so Tara that was a really interesting conversation and um, I'm sure our listeners will be delighted to hear about the project and the conference and all that you've done so just like to thank you very much for, for joining us today and um, take care of yourself. Oh, thanks very much Peter and I'd just like to thank um, you know Scotens for providing the funding um, so that I had the opportunity to work with a like-minded individual such as Geraldine McGuinness um, who's working in a different context but we had a common goal so Excellent. um Thanks very much for, for that. And thanks for inviting me along today as well. I no really enjoyed it. Okay, take care. Cheers. Thanks again for joining us on Let's Talk Research. To find out more about the podcast, you can contact me directly at peter.d.tiernan at